And she goes, see, that's what I'm talking about. And I, I think if you guys ever brought in little kids from the outside, their legs go so red to come the cold. And uh, they can't feel it because they're so into the moment of where they're at that everything else, the cold, everything else doesn't matter, right? They're so focused. And today we're talking about the first lesson in prayer of uh, Terry's, Pastor Terry's um, series is about prayer as praise. And I purposely asked Josh to pray because praise can be prayer. And we heard from, from Pastor Terry last week how prayer is about a relationship. And really what it is, is it's an exchange. If there's no exchange, there's no prayer. Right? And I think as Pentecostals, we know this deeply. But there is an exchange And that exchange is a spiritual touch, a word from the Lord, but there's got to be an exchange. And for some people, praise is just a one-way outward expression. But when we take praise to another level, and I don't mean higher, but just a different area where we're actually giving and opening ourselves to receiving, not just a touch of the Spirit, but actually direction from the spirit there are times when we're praising here and everybody is praising and i'll stop and i'll just receive from the lord not just his presence but sometimes a direction or a word or something and then i'm praising him and then he's showing me and then i'm praising him and that's prayer it's not the same type of prayer that you do in in your you know home in private or corporate prayer but it is a form of prayer and I, and I really like the series because it really opens up people's eyes to that prayer is not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's very, very different. And so I want to explore today the aspect of prayer within praise. So let's go to the first slide. I made some slides for us today. It's from the handouts. The handouts have the information, and I just made some slides. I added some different things. But I want us to take a look up at the, at the top here. And you can go if you'd like to read in your Bibles. But I, I took it from Ephesians 5, 8. Now you'll see the little letter B. Okay, whenever you see the letter B, it's because um, we're taking it from the second half of the verse and not the first half. And so you'll see that sometimes. And I'll do this sometimes because I'm teaching here. I'm not... I'm not you know, delivering a message. What I'm saying here is that this is a different thought, that whoever put the verses together, I don't agree with the fact that they put all of eight together. You know, I think the second half of eight actually belongs more connected with nine, okay? And that's because back then, they didn't have periods and capitals to start a sentence and end a sentence. When people wrote, it was sometimes it it would look like a run-on sentence without spaces, you know, like if you read some of the old Hebrew stuff, it just looks like it keeps going on and on and on and on. And you have to know when it starts and stops. So it's very different than when we read. I mean, when we're, when we're reading the Bible. And so I, I'm starting off in B. And you'll see here, be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody. That in itself, be filled with the Spirit as you are doing that. And as Pentecostals, that is so important, right? And it says, melody to what? To the Lord, right? With your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the crux of how you praise. And so today, at the, end of the, at the end of the lesson, I'm going to come back to this, and we're going to reread it through the eyes of what we just spoke to today, okay? So where does it start? Well, where does it start? Let's go to the next slide, and then the slide after. What is Matthew 6, 9 to 10, and Luke 11, 1 to 4? They're basically the same thing. 
Where did it, what, do you guys remember what those, or somebody open the Bible and take a look? What is it? The Lord's Prayer. That's right. Can you just read the Lord's Prayer out loud? Anybody? Okay. Amen. So it starts off with, Our Father, who art in heaven. Right? Luke and Matthew give a slightly different um, prayer of that. Now, it is different, so what? You think, do you think Jesus taught one thing in one place and it was unique every time? Or the fact that he spent three years going around to multiple places that he might teach the same thing more than once. And it might be slightly different. So it's like if I was to take this and deliver it at another church, it, you know, it's not going to be word for word the same, right? So it's a little bit different and that's fine. Um, but the problem that we have is we tend to, when we start to pray, and, I, and I've, I've been to prayer meetings at multiple churches, and sometimes what I hear is, is I don't hear something that's very important. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And it's so important that we focus on the will of God. And I want to I get over this theologically first. Can you know the will of God for your life? What do you think? It's okay, you know, if you say, put up your hand and you say something that my, I don't agree with, I won't, I won't humiliate you or anything. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember once, I hope, the, I hope the person isn't here. Anyway, I remember once I said, you know, you need to discern the will of God for your life. And then the person came up after me and says, how can you understand the will of God? I went, okay, you're new to this church. This is a Pentecostal church. <laughs> the Spirit of God is in you. You can know the will of God in your life. You can. And that is so important because a lot of us, when we pray, do we pray to understand God's will first? See, it starts with God first. Our prayers, just like Jesus' prayer teaching, starts with the Father. It starts to praise the Father, right? And then it starts to seek the Father's will. And both times that we see this in Luke and Matthew, the pattern's the same. Glory to the Father, always to glorify the Father, and then to understand the Father's will in that moment in time, in that place. Always. It's so consistent. Even when Jesus prayed in the garden, you look at Paul's prayers. We're going to go through one, you know, go through an example. It starts with those two things. Praising God, right? And, and trying to understand his will. Why would you think that that's the most important aspect of prayer? Why would you just put that at the front? Okay, let me ask you another way. If you start with everything you want and need, how does that change the prayer? Puts the focus on you, right? And so if it puts the focus on you, you start to spend more time on you, right? You know, it's like when we're feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, woe is me, right? Like all the, the tough day I had at work today. You don't believe how tough I had it. Lord, you know, do this and that, do this and that. Or in this person, that person. All of a sudden, we're, you know, if you prayed for 
10, 15 minutes, the majority of time has been spent on what your needs are, maybe the needs of what others are. But the one thing that you haven't realized is where's the Father's will in that? Do you see that? I can go through my laundry list of 10, 20, 30 things and then, and Lord, what do you want for my life? But if I start with understanding the Father's will before anything, praise Him, seek the presence of the Spirit. Father, what is your will? I want to know your will. Spend time listening. Guess what's going to happen? Your laundry list of 20 things is going to change. Guaranteed. Because all of a sudden, you are putting the Spirit of God in control and saying, you are first in my life. You are first in this moment. You are first in this prayer. And maybe you thought of wanting to pray for 20 things. In the end, the Spirit might say, I don't want you to pray about the 20 things. I just want you to pray about one or two or 50 things. Do you see that? Even in the moment of prayer, putting God first is so critical. And understanding his will is so critical. Let's go to the next slide. Why? Well, here's some scripture. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. There you go. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So as we pray and we seek God's will, in prayer, he reveals his will as we pray. He reveals his will as we pray. And he transforms our minds as we pray. It's so, so critical. And it changes us. I mean, so many times I've been praying and sometimes I forget. Sometimes I'm such in a, you know, a deep state of concern or anything, I start to pray. I always do one thing. I always thank God. I always ask for forgiveness of anything so that nothing can impede my relationship with the Lord. It's the very first thing I do. And then I should be, Lord, you know, show me your will, but there's such a burden on my heart, I go right to the burden. I, you know, I sometimes forget. And then I realize, wait a minute. If I had gone to the Father first, maybe that burden wouldn't have been so heavy. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Because you're starting to put trust in God. When you start to seek the Lord's will and you start to glorify Him and put Him first, all of a sudden, what used to be so heavy laden all of a sudden becomes lighter because I'm putting trust in Him. I'm, I'm acknowledging His greatness and his, how wonderful He is and how, how great He can do things and how He can deliver me and give me strength and do all these things. And all of a sudden... My burden is still there and I can bring it to him, but I bring it with a different light. It's now with the acknowledgement, here's my burden, but I know you can solve it. I start to have a confidence. My trust starts to get better. And I realized when I made those mistakes, I, 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 I sort of lost that. You know, what I, you know what I mean? And so acknowledging God right up front. And why is that? Why is that? I think I gave you a clue. Let's go to the next scripture. I have another piece of scripture here for you. Uh, go to the next slide, please. There we go. Jeremiah. Everybody knows this one, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So, again, acknowledging the Lord, he starts to make my burden light because he actually has my entire life planned out. He does. You guys have heard me this. God stands outside of time. So if we're, if let's say my life is a timeline, I was born here. Here's the first time I broke my arm. Here's the second time I broke my arm. Here's the third time I broke my arm. Yeah, I, I broke it three times. And then, you know, here's when I got married, all the way down to here's when I die. Here's my grandchildren. God just stands over time, and he sees it all at the same time. He's not going, no, he sees it all at the same time. Time is meaningless to God. 
time and space mean nothing to God. He sees time and space instantaneously. Which is why when we read how God, when we were in our trespasses, we spoke about this on Sunday, when we were trespassed, he saw us in the heavenly place. How could he do that? Because he's outside of time and space. How can he, how can God um, predestine you into salvation, but also give you choice? You know, that's always been the big debate, right? <laughs> With Christians. Oh, I've been predestined, I have no choice. No, I have full choice, and that's why God's... Well, what if both are true? So if we go back to the theology of God, if he stands outside of time and space, and he says, okay, I see your entire life, and I'm going to try and reach Julio in his life, and here's the points I'm going to try and reach Julio. All of this is happening simultaneously. There's no time elapsed, right? With God, everything's bang right there. Beginning of the universe, end of the universe, all happens at the same time. It's instantaneously. He can see all that at the same time. He could see that what is it going to take to get Julia to see me, and he gets it done, and he'll know whether I choose him or not, even before I know I've chosen him. So that's how he can predestine me. Because he knows the future. He knows whether his poking and prodding through the Spirit and through other people, he knows whether I've said yes or no and accepted him as Lord and Savior. So that's how he's predestined me. That's why both are true. Anyway, on a side, isn't that kind of crazy that we actually argue about this thing and it's both are true and we just can't, we have a hard time except we create two different denominations. You know how many denominations there are in North America, more or less? About 10,000. Isn't that crazy? Over all these little things. Paul told us, don't argue over disputable matters, yet we argue and split up and it's crazy. Anyway, Going back to the subject, if God has plans for us, if he understands our future, if he understands our needs, and we go to him in prayer, and we put him first, that's acknowledging that he has his plans and he has what he knows. He knows what's best for us, and he knows how to solve this problem. And then we start to get the confidence and trust. It's the same thing in any form of prayer. Any form of prayer. And especially, even in praise, when we have praise. And so the, the one thing that sometimes this whole idea of the will of God in prayer can get a little confusing is when we start to evoke things like Jesus' name in prayer. And, you know, in the name of Jesus, please, right? We're starting to invoke Jesus' name. So we're putting God first, but sometimes we're seeking God's plan and God's will. But if we, if we dig down deep a little bit in this, because this is very important, very, very important. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And I think, yeah, he's, he's got it up there. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if you're going to start to pray, I would hope you want him to hear what you have to say, right? What does the scripture say? If it's according to his will, he'll hear you. <laughs> If it's not according to his will, he's not going to listen. So it's not just about anything that comes out. That's why Jesus said, glorify the Father and seek his will. Because if he has the plans and we know his will, then he will hear us. And his will is, very, is something very important. I mean, I, I always break it up into three buckets, right? There's his perfect will, his permissive will, 
and his prohibitive will. I call it the three P's of God's will. Prohibitive is easy, right? That which he prohibits in our life, which he says, I do not want you to. I don't want you to be involved in sexual morality, don't murder. Those are clear prohibitive aspects of God's will, right? But God has a permissive will too. Right? Some examples in the Bible. We want a king, Lord. (laughs) All right. You sure? Here you go. Look what happened. What about Jesus on divorce? God didn't allow divorce because he wanted it, because he allowed it. And the same thing with us. When we pray, you know, like we could pray and want something, and sometimes we pray and say, you know, Lord, I really want this job. I'm making this up, by the way. You know, there's a job, should you apply for it or not? I really want this job. But if it's not the Lord's will, he might not give you an indication that no, don't go apply for that job. Right? So a lot of times we say, well, I prayed to God and he didn't say no. Well, you prayed to God and you didn't ask him whether what his will is. You were really asking God if it's, if it's okay. In other words, you've already made up your mind and you're just getting... You're just seeing if it's a rubber stamp. And and so sometimes we hear silence and we think that that's God's will. Oh, God didn't say no. (laughs) And then we get into that. This is the worst job I had in my life. Like, why did I agree to this? And I think we've all fallen into that trap. I know I have. I, I don't know if you guys have, but I have. And it's funny because it's right there, so plain and simple in Scripture. It's funny how we as human beings, when it's so black and white in Scripture sometimes, so easy, so straightforward, we still fall into the trap. You know, we still fall into the trap. And, and we all do, and thank goodness for God's grace and spirit that then leads us out of that position. But the reality is that in prayer... It's a two-way relationship, right? It's about me asking and saying and receiving from what he has to say. And so if I'm going to be praising him and seeking him and telling him how much he loves me and, and God expressing how he loves us and the ways that he expresses how he loves us, that's in a relationship. And then saying, Lord, you know, I want to seek your will. I want to, I want to understand your will in my life. I, I want to make sure that that what I have done, you know, there's no impediments. You know, you're, you're the one I want to follow. I want to be the good husband. You know, I want, to, I want to understand your scripture better. Whatever it is, show me, Lord, what is your will. You know, speak to me, and you can stay there in silence. And sometimes it's just acknowledging that you want his will and staying there. Just that acknowledgement, he will guide you in the spirit. What to say. And then all of a sudden... He hears us. And if he hears us, he will give us whatever we ask. And you might say, well, Julio, well, what about, you know, what about when Jesus said, ask anything in my name and, you know, it'll be given to you? Well, I thought I had it here. Where is that scripture? Where did I forget to put it in here? Anyway, we should go to it. Okay, let me, let me look it up here in my Bible. Does anybody have it where Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name... Sorry? John, yes, John 14. That's right, let's go to John 14. Let's all go to John 14. I want to show you something there. I thought I'd put it up, but I guess I didn't. All right, John 14. Is Josh going to do it so I don't have to look it up in my Bible here? Are you, Josh? Are you going to put it up? Is it Josh or Melody back there? I don't know. All right, John 14. What verses? 
11? Okay, thank you. Okay, there we go. Let's start with 11. Believe me that when I say that I am in the Father... Wait, what do I mean? That's not it, right? Where does it start? Huh? He's got it up there? Okay. But is it, where does it say, if you ask anything in my name, it'll be given to you? 13. Ah, here it is. Okay, this is where I want to go. All right, go to 13, Josh, or Melody, or whoever's back there. There we go. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Okay? Think that part. Just, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. I want you to remember that piece, okay? Now, go to, go to 14. If you ask anything in my name, right, I will do it. Do you see it's repeated? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Go back one more again. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Do you see that? Okay. Now, in, you got to think of, this is 2,000 years ago. There are no Bibles. You know, it's not like people could afford a Bible. You didn't have a Bible. Everything was handwritten. And it didn't, isn't like you went to church and they gave you certain Bibles that you can read temporarily. Even that was too expensive. So everything was oral. Every single thing was oral. And what we've lost in, in our day and age is the ability to catch things orally that are very literary. You know, like... I, I always, whenever I used to go to class, you know those English classes where you had to learn Shakespeare and all? I, I, I really did not like those classes. It was so boring, and then it was an, a type of English I didn't even know, right? But you know, actually, I wish I had paid attention because the type of reading and learning that you do there, you know, the imagery and looking at patterns in English, and that, is the kind of stuff that you would get orally and you could catch. So when people would read out the Bible... And so when this was being read out, they would have caught, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus repeats himself. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, dot, dot, dot. And then the next verse, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then what's in between? Go back. What's in between? That the Father may be glorified. Now, there's a, a fancy name for it, but I call it the sandwich. In Scripture, there are a lot of sandwiches. It's an ancient form of communication when you're reading something out orally. And so what it's saying is, you've got to read the two things, but what's in the middle is the meat. And what the meat is, is the Father needs to be glorified. So if you ask some for something that does not glorify God... It's not going to work because whatever Jesus did was to glorify God. So you can ask anything in Jesus' name, but if it doesn't bring glory to the Father, forget it. So I, I'm just talking some philosophical, theological foundations here that we as Christians sometimes forget about. Because I know that there are some people out there who teach anything you ask in Jesus' name, Jesus is compelled to do it for you. Oh my, those types of teachings are so dangerous. You know why? Because Satan can take advantage of that. He can. You don't think that Satan has... I've seen Satan do this to people. Where people go out and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want this. It's not the Father's will. The enemy knows it, but the enemy then provides it and they think it's God. And they're attributing it to God what came from the enemy. Oh my goodness, it's so dangerous. You know, it's the enemy's bait and switch. And when we pray, it is so important that we pray in God's will. So, so important. Because then our weaknesses can be, I don't like to say the word mitigated, but sort of put under the control of the Spirit. Right? Right? We understand what God's will is. And when we understand what God's will is and, we're, and it's, 
and it's for the glory of the Father, then he hears us. Then when you say in the name of Jesus Christ, because it brings glory to the Father. If you read even the paragraph before and the paragraph afterwards, Jesus praying to God, it's because whatever I do is to bring glory to the Father. Everything I do teaching is from the Father and to the Father. And so we need to seek the Father's will. We do. In all these aspects. All right. So, when we get into prayer, this prayer and thankfulness, the other thing that it happens when we put God first and seek his will and do things according to his will and we glorify him and we put him and we thank him it also it not only makes our our issues look like that they are something under the control of God and we understand what God wants us to pray but it also puts our hearts and our minds in the right place do you see that and now when our hearts and minds are in the right place now we can have a real true deep relationship conversation with God you know when I sometimes you know when when I come home and Helen's home and if I come home and uh I start to blurt out, oh, what a bad day, da, 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 and I'm not even listening to what she has to say. And she's just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are we having a conversation? No. I'm doing a brain dump. But there's no, there's no conversation. There's, there's no relationship building. You know, and by her grace, she'll listen for a while. But if I want to have a conversation with her, and I'm concerned about her. I said, how was your day? And she'll ask me how my day. And then the conversation happens. And it's the same thing when we approach God. We're approaching by acknowledging him first. And prayer is about relationship. And so when we acknowledge God first, that is so beautiful. It's acknowledging him. He is our savior. He is our maker. He is everything to us. Everything. And so that changes the position of our heart. That changes everything. And look what happens. You know, it's interesting. If we go to Psalm 150. Okay, I can't help myself. So you guys are going to know that when I teach, I can't help myself when I look at something. I'm always looking for patterns. It's just the way I am. Some of you who remember my, my teaching, I always do this. So anyway, so I'm going to take out Psalm 150 and I look for patterns, right? Remember I talked about the sandwich? There's a sandwich, right? This one's easy to see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But there's patterns here. Everything's about praise. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent grace. And then look at this. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let every breath, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It goes from where, for what reason, and how. And it, praise can be any one of those things. It can be while you're playing an instrument. It can be clashing cymbals, tambourine, it doesn't matter. That's praise. And let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And praise becomes prayer when we have put our listening, spiritual listening ears on and put God first. And you see that that is what happens here is even, in, even with David, before he gets into our outward expression of praise, he's putting God first, isn't he? 
He's putting God first. And so even when we come to worship here on Sunday mornings, if we come with a, a heart of putting him first, of seeking his will and understanding him, and then acknowledging him in our praise and being ready to receive, then praise starts to become a prayer. Praise starts to become a prayer. And it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. Let's read Psalm 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise is something that you say out loud and, and it's one of the forms of praises that we speak out loud just like in corporate prayer. And it's such a beautiful thing to actually simultaneously be praying and praising at the same time. Giving and receiving from the Lord. And I'm sure all of you have experienced that. When you're at home, you know, We've, I, I, I hope we've all had these moments when we've had a moment when we're at home and there's one of our favorite praise songs and all of a sudden we're just singing and we just feel God just we're by ourselves and I'm a terrible singer I am like when I sing tape the windows but I don't care you know like I'm just letting it all out and I feel God speaking to me like don't you in those moments when you're just pouring out your heart right? That's prayer. Like, that's the one thing we sometimes forget. Like, that kind of praise is prayer. We're receiving and giving. It's a relationship, and it's a beautiful thing. Or in the car, or wherever we are. Psalm 27, 6, and now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies all around me, and will offer in his tent sacrifices with such of joy I will sing and make melody to the Lord. You see, whether it's been symbols, prayer isn't just something that you do quietly. Prayer isn't just about something that we do intercessory out loud. For those of you that have the gift of tongues, prayer isn't just about speaking tongues. Tongues is a gift, not a prayer. Prayer is about a relationship where you speak to God. And you put God first, always. It's sort of like, okay, when I get to heaven, I have a lot of questions for God. Because right? he, he hasn't answered all the questions. But I have a lot of questions for God, right? When, when I first see him, am I going to ask him a million questions? Or am I going to drop on my knees and just love him and praise him and, you know, for what he's done for me, right? I, uh, I was speaking to somebody and I say, a lot of times life is hard here, right? Even between us. Sometimes, you know, we might get into disagreements or I don't like how Julio teaches. Boy, he's a loud mouth, right? Doesn't matter. What matters is that we treat each other now like we will be. Do we have God's vision of where we will be? Remember, while we were in a trespasses because of Jesus Christ, he saw how we would be in heaven. We should relate to one another like we're going to relate in heaven. Forget about all the bad things that happened to us. Forget about the, you know, if there's something between us, let's resolve it. But we should be no matter what happened, it doesn't matter. When we get to heaven, who cares? Right? Well, that's how we should be here. Let's forgive each other and move on because it doesn't matter. We put each other first. Right? Relationship. That's the key cornerstone to relationship. It's the same thing with God. We put God first. We put God first. And then all of a sudden, our praise and our singing, everything changes. Everything changes. Hebrews 13:15 says through Jesus therefore let us 
Continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually offering God a sacrifice of praise. It's not something you do one time. It's not something that you do, you know, a certain number of times a day. It is always. So our life should be a continual offer of praise when we leave the house, when we're at work. And the fruits of our lips giving thanks to his name. Again, you see this, that even in praise, it isn't just about, it, praise isn't just a one thing of worship and praise, but it's actually something that is continuous. It is something that we declare. So important, so important. And here's, here's the results. Here's the results. What happens When praise becomes prayer, when we start to see and recognize that praise and prayer are simultaneous, then praise isn't one way, it's two way. And the Spirit begins to work even more with us. And we begin to hear from God even in our praise and we begin, you know, it takes on a different meaning and we're seeking God's will even in our praise. It's a beautiful thing. And here's the result. When you put God and you praise him and you're praising him and praying to him, it changes everything. And this is the result. Paul. When he was put in prison in Acts 16, right? And they describe what he was doing. where his prayers and his, and his speaking and interacting to God was about get me out of here Lord please why am I being persecuted even when he's in chains what was he doing sorry praising God Paul gets beaten up put in chains, thrown in jail, and what does he do? He is praising God. So when you think of our Father who art in heaven, Lord, you're greater than anything, even my condition and my predicament. You are holy, I am not. In fact, I deserve to be here even if, even if I've been wrongly imprisoned. I am sure there's probably a mountain of stuff that I've done that I would deserve to be in prison for and never have. So I give you praise first and foremost because I probably des- at one point in time probably deserve to be in jail anyway. You can see that in the attitude of what, what they're writing about. And Paul's just praising and giving thanks to God and loving him and, and seeking God's will. Not his predicament. And how does God answer him? He doesn't even have to ask. And God answers his prayer. It's a beautiful story in Acts 16. Beautiful story. Because what does the scripture say? Even before you ask, he knows what you need. And so if all you do is have time to acknowledge him, thank him, and praise him, it's a beautiful thing. And he'll respond. And so I, I hope that this has given you a, a different perspective on praise. You know, because when we come here and we praise God, when we praise God at home, even in our prayer life, even our basic prayer life, putting God first in our prayer life, acknowledging him, seeking his will so that he hears us and so that when we get to the point, you know, I, I teach, when I teach kids or youth, they ask, sometimes they ask me how to pray. I, I, I always do that. If you have kids or if you know anybody, when they ask you, I always say, you know, there's a book called Acts, A-C-T-S, Right? And so I say the first thing is you do is you adore God. Just ignore, adore God and acknowledge him. 
because he is God. Then I say the second thing is confess your sins. You know, because if there's anything that would impede your relationship with God, confess your sins. Then thank him. Just acknowledge him. Thank him for what he's done, for how good he is to you. And the last thing is supplication. Because by the time you get to that, you've adored him, you've confessed your sins, you've acknowledged who you are, you've thanked them, and I say I guarantee you that you're, you're ready to hear from him as you're, as you're asking from him. And it's always about putting God first, even in our praise. And so when we come and we praise, let's seek his will and acknowledge him as we praise and have a conversation with him and that is how we pray and praise at the same time because outward expression of praise is a beautiful way to pray and for me that's a lot easier like for some of you you could probably like I'm thinking some of the sisters here that I've seen come into prayer meetings oh my goodness they could pray for like hours Right? My wife, she's a, she can pray for so long. I, I, I don't. I'm very sort of bang, 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 you know? And so I need, I need to make sure I focus on what I got to pray. But it's, it's much easier for me to pray as I'm going throughout my day. It's much easier for me to pray when I'm praising God or I'm singing. And so I think what this series is trying to teach us is, yes, it's about relationship and putting God's will first and seeking him first and bringing him into that relationship. And then even your praise is a relationship conversation. That is praying. And what we're, I think what this series is going to teach us is that prayer isn't one-dimensional or even two-dimensional. There are so many different ways to pray. So many. And just because you don't pray like somebody else doesn't mean that you can't pray as well. You might pray differently. I remember there's a pastor, I can't remember if it was Cincinnati or something like this, and he was growing up in the church and he even fell from the church because he couldn't pray like other people. And he would get ridiculed and he would get, you know, and then the Lord one day said, you pray to me the way that your heart expresses your love for me. And so he started to pray. You know how he prayed? He walked the neighborhood. And so wherever he went to pray, he would go for a walk. And he's constantly walking. And so he started a church for people who don't pray like other people. Like he didn't go out and say, everybody who doesn't pray like quiet. And... But he started a church where he started to encourage different types of prayer other than what we tend to think of what prayer is. And the church just ballooned because there were so many people out there that had this stigma that there's only one or two ways to pray. But in fact, prayer is actually multifaceted in so many different ways, in our actions, in our praise, but it's just to make sure that we approach it properly and then it becomes relationship. So prayer can actually be many things as long as we approach it in the right way. We're listening and we're putting God first in the right place. And then it becomes a prayer because it becomes a relationship and an interaction with the Lord. Amen? All right. Before I finish, any questions? Any questions? Anybody? Anybody? This is a Bible study. You're allowed to ask questions. Nobody? Oh, you guys are all so quiet. Is it because it's late? Hmm? Come on, sister. You have any questions? Come on. Come on, ask me anything. Come on. No, I'm just teasing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> My partner in Israel. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for coming. I'm going to pray now. Um, i uh, thankful that you come out. I mean, whenever we're learning the Word of God, and this is different, right? I mean, coming out and understanding and digging into the Word and really getting into the meat of what the Word says, it allows us to really get in and, and wrestle with the Word. Um, I think is very important. Very, very important. So let's stand and, and let's pray.
Father, I just thank you and acknowledge you. You are our Father. You are a loving God. So gracious that you are to us. And Lord, tonight we're here to seek your word and seek your will in our lives. But most importantly, Lord, to seek how we can build relationship with you in so many different ways. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to teach us as we go through this series that praying to you and having a relationship with you can be done in so many ways that it fills our whole day. Lord, teach us to pray in different circumstances in different ways as we go through the series so that we may pray continuously throughout the day. Teach us how to pray when we're by ourselves in a quiet place. Teach us how to pray when we're praising. Teach us how to pray when we're sitting down at work. Teach us how to pray when we're in a crowded bus. Help us, Lord, to continually be listening to you and to the leading of your spirit and help us to always, always focus on you. We love you and we thank you. And Lord, I pray for everyone here. There are some, Lord, that in our church that may be going through hard times. Lord, we just pray that you would give them assurance and hope in that you are in control and that you are God and that your plans are well thought out and that your spirit can strengthen. Lord, we just ask that you would penetrate their lives and give them strength and point them to you, Lord. Lord, give us wisdom. Fill us with hope and love. We love you and we thank you for all that you've done and for all that you teach us. And we praise you. We glorify you and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming out. Have a good and safe ride home.